With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 745, get this. Mike Heller. Yeah, of the Mike Heller Show. Wish I had a show named after me. Then again, maybe not. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let the show begin. And unfortunately, it can't begin without these two. Here's Rob Bogle and Mike Lucas. Everybody has to deal with it, but don't you hate dealing with what could have been? Was it Rocky who first uttered those famous words? Could have been a champ? Was it Rocky? Is that where it all originated? I could have been a champ? No. No. Isn't that um, Marlon Brando and on the waterfront? I could have been a champ. I could have been I somebody. I some punch Could have been a contender. So, I don't know. Maybe Rocky said it too. <laughs> Haven't you ever heard of that? Uh, General Ben? No, Marlon could... Brando. What? Wow! You don't know who Marlon no. Brando is? I know wow. who he is, but what? What on the waterfront? Water I believe that was the, the movie. Never yeah. heard of that. Yeah, movie. yeah tremendous, movie. tremendous. He's movie. in the back of the car, and he says, "I could have been somebody." Ah. Uh. But didn't Rocky? Look up the didn't Rocky there. mention something like, "I could have been a champ too"? Or did uh, I make I that up? I don't recall he, that. He, he just screamed out his wife's that. name. But that's. <laughs> No, I love the people who think or talk like that Rocky was a documentary, that those are real movies. Like Rocky it wasn't Ford. real? No, it wasn't real. Sorry. He didn't actually end the Cold War. He did. Although a lot of people think he did, yes. And he built a wall. He played a part in it. He did wall. all yes. of that. I'm going to look up the scene to show Ben during the break of Marlon Brando. Well, my point is the could have will just drive you nuts. Uh, last night, Michigan lost. Last night, Purdue lost. Uh, last night, Wisconsin lost. It could have been a really good night for the Badgers had they been able to take care of business at the Kohl Center. But it came down to those final four and a half minutes, five minutes in this case, same as the Michigan game. Uh, maybe these two teams are just a little bit better. It would seem to be the case, although the Badgers have a split with the Wolverines. I think Michigan State's in a position probably to win it now, having had its bump, its its rocky stretch where the Spartans lost three in a row. Let's not forget it was a Michigan State team that lost at home to Indiana and then lost to Illinois. And yet that doesn't always seem to factor into the way this Michigan State team looks at itself as it gets ready for March. And it's not too early to start thinking about March. That's the way Izzo operates. So last night, I think he called it a war. I don't know if we have that soundbite where he said it was a war. Uh, but we do have the, the one sound I wanted to hear was about the guard play because it was what Michigan State's guards were able to do to Wisconsin's guards that ultimately – was a deciding factor in that game at the Kohl Center. But I thought the game was won because of the job we did on David said pretty good after the start. Um, Trice, uh, I love that kid. I love what he's done, and uh, he just didn't have as good a game tonight. So that was where the game was was probably won as our defense on our guards, to be honest with you. And I probably don't need to remind you, but I will anyways. Uh, Dimitri's brother played for... Tom is a it was outstanding, stellar player, good kid. Last night, Dimitri Trice was one of six. Brad Davison was three of twelve. So you're looking at four of eighteen, two of ten from beyond the arc for your starting backcourt. Uh, it's really tough to win games like this. Uh, it's incumbent upon players 
against better defenses, and Michigan State's probably the best defense overall in the league. But you have to make contested shots. That's what it comes down to. You have to make contested shots because teams are now going to play Ethan Happ more straight up. They're going to cover up the shooters. And as we saw it with Michigan. We saw it last night with Michigan State. And when you're not making the threes, then where are you going to get your offense? Because Happ's not going to outscore them. You know, it, it comes – Beeline mentioned it. Uh, they'd more than gladly lose a battle to win the war. So if they lose the battle with Happ, and last night he needed 20 shots to score 20 points, they won the war. More specifically on that guard battle, especially in the second half, because going off at halftime, Izzo mentioned it on the TV broadcast when he says – First, his assessment of the first half, he said, well, we got to guard somebody. We got to guard their guards. Their, their guys hit some threes. Their bench guys are hitting some shots. We've got to guard somebody. Hap's doing what he's got to do. Then he was asked a follow-up question by the reporter, like, what do you need to do better in the in the second half? He basically said, what I just said, we've got to guard somebody. And that's what they did. I mean, the difference was Winston and McQuaid on Trice and Davison. Trice didn't score in the second half. Right. I mean, they completely shut him out. Even when you're trading baskets in the second half, or in the second half, Hap is just, he can't shoot, okay? So he's going to make the two-point baskets, and then you go down to the other end, and Winston's hitting threes. Yeah. So if your guards aren't making shots, well, yeah, this, the math this doesn't always add up. Yeah. And then the problem is that the free throw line exacerbates the situation, especially right. for Ethan sure. Hap, who was 0 for 6. So as a team, Wisconsin was 5 of 12, nullifying 15 points off the bench. 15 points off the bench. Uh, Charles Thomas played solid minutes, yes. almost 12. He had two points, two rebounds. It doesn't really reflect how well he did play. Kobe King had a couple of shots. Uh, Brevin Pritzel had the always popular but rare five-point possession <laughs> uh, where he was five. Do we have some of that? I want to hear that again. Well, maybe I won't hear it again. Trice looking. Quick hitter not available. A throw into Iverson left corner. Dribbles off the wing. Jump stop in the lane. Out to Pritzel. Three shot. Right pocket. Got it. Five point play for Brevin Pritzel. 28-23. Wisconsin was 6.43 left in the first half. The Badgers had been 12-0 when their bench had scored 11 or more. And they had 15 points. Said they got to get something from the bench, and they did. And it was pointed out on the broadcast of how good they are when they do get something from their bench. Uh, the five-point possession it was part of the frustrating night of replays just killing the pace of the game and the flow of the well, game. Well, the second that replay hook and hold review. Especially, that, yeah. Well, it goes back to what we were saying yesterday. If it takes you five minutes to look and find if one player had an advantage over another player, neither had an advantage, which is what they finally determined. There was no advantage to what happened between uh, McQuaid and Davison. But it took them five minutes to figure it out. Yeah, and that one, it's not even what the spirit of the rule was made for when two guys are going to battle for no. a rebound and you're going to yank somebody down the floor and risk injury. This is a guy trying to get position posting up and for And initially, okay, it looked like they might have locked arms, but then there was the release. So right. it didn't have any bearing on the play. Right. And the defender no was advantage. sticking his arm underneath right. to try to, you know, maybe knock the ball away. So why? Get, and now Davison's time. a target. Now Davison's got a target on his yeah. back, and I don't blame Izzo, but other teams are going to start doing that to call it more well, and more I attention. I think that was to just him. incidental contact play you see all the time in basketball, and these guys now are trained. Oh, must be something there. No, there was nothing there. Can't you just come to that conclusion immediately? Yeah, it. Uh, it is also. I'm sure it's frustrating for them, obviously, but frustrating to watch when they locked up the guards and played better defense in the second half that uh, Davison 
and Trice are just sitting there not knowing what to do. They're looking to shoot a three-pointer, but they can't. Guys well, are so far out on them, they can't drive to the hoop. Well, that's part of the problem. Yeah. They don't have the ability to get to the rim, and they don't. I mean, they, they don't, they're not Winston. By contrast, you see Cassius Winston. He can get to the rim anytime he wants. Sure. Plus, he hits the threes. Yeah. We've got a lot of fodder for our yap line. Instead of a yap. hot line, I think we'll call it a yap line. Um, gives you an opportunity to weigh in on whatever you want to talk about. Uh, our phone number is 608-313-4083. Jot it down, will ya? You're not going to remember it. I know you. I do know you. 608-313-4083. And if we like what what you have to say, we might even play it. Might not. Mostly we won't. But at least you get a chance to air your gripe. And it doesn't have to be a gripe. It can be something positive. You I know, will listen re-emphasize to that. that. Yep. Yes. Ben will listen to everything. He'll be the judge. Yes. Uh, he'll be the editor. Oh, uh, boy. We're in trouble. And here's the one thing you can ponder right now off of last night's game and with everything so crazily scrambled at the top and nobody knowing who's the really best team in the Big Ten. Maybe it's Michigan State. But can Wisconsin, do you have faith in Wisconsin getting to the second weekend of the NC2A tournament based on what you've seen so far? Do you have faith in Wisconsin getting to the second weekend of the NC2A tournament? Ponder that, boys and girls. Mm. We'll come back with more right after this on Lucas in the Morning. How I just don't believe it. Runaway train, never going back. King. The pass for Reavers, flips to Trice, back to Reavers on the left side, goes in a half against Ward. Ethan at the left block, Ethan turns up right, hand good! Half the bucket, that's 2,000 for his career. Badgers pull within one, 56-55, Michigan State. 5.50 remaining, Ethan half, 2,000 points, better than 1,000 rebounds. First Big Ten player since Herb Williams of Ohio State in the early 80s. Yeah, I mean, I felt that the whole night we were throwing punches back and forth, and, you know, we felt like we were in position to win the whole time. But definitely as the game got later on, felt better about it. And then just lack of execution as a team, but I, I can, you know, as a player, you look back on stuff that you did personally. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Bogle, General Ben. That was Ethan Happ, Matt LePay on the call. Happ has reached that very cherished level, 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds. Only other players in Big Ten history to get there, Joe Barry Carroll, JBC. Remember JBC? Well, you do. I do. Number one dra- overall draft pick. No, you don't. You I'm know. old enough to no, remember you're, him. You're millennial. He's Greg Kelser. You remember him? I do. Do you remember him? No. You don't? He was with Magic Johnson at Michigan mm-hmm. State in 79 when they won the national championship. Two-man show there. I was again like okay. 12 years before I, I saw this planet. Now I know the answer. You do, you've never heard of Herb Williams. Ever. How about you? Did you remember? I that? heard of Herb Williams. I don't remember much about his career, though. Okay, that's fair. I mean, so it's JBC, Greg Kelson, Herb Williams, and now Ethan Happ's part of that select company. 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds. Um, had his 48th career double double last night, which is now a school record, breaking the old mark held by Joe Franklin. Madison Central's finest jumping Joe Franklin. Uh, but it was for naught. And Ethan looked pretty crushed in the post game. He usually does. He doesn't hide his emotions, wears it right on that sleeve, um, 10 of 20 from the field, 0 of 6 from the free throw line, and to be honest with you, 
five of them weren't even close. Oh, my gosh. Weren't no. even close. It wasn't like, oh, wait, that's going to bounce around a little bit and maybe go. No, they weren't close. Um, he was asked, obviously, about it afterwards. Uh, not especially. I could kind of tell once I left my hand that it was off left or right, and I'm going to look at the look at the tape and see what was going wrong. Very frustrating overall, you know, to miss, but then also for it to be, you know, not straight on. So that was number three. Do you have, what, what, what do you say on four and his struggles to finish at the rim and the free throw line? There's plays that I, you know, could have finished stronger or, or took my time more, and, and obviously the free throws were possessions where we got nothing out of it. That's something that I'm going to have to get over mentally, and it's a long season, so I'm you know, looking forward to helping my team in that area as the season goes, goes on. Well, what happens so very often in, in games like this against better teams is that the ball will stick in Ethan Happ's hands. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting others involved, they wind up standing. They wind up standing around on the perimeter. And it's just possessions. Every possession goes through Hap, and nobody else gets involved. And that's not always a good recipe. Is that on Gardo, though? Well, Is that on the offense? Ethan's or what? got to be able to kick the ball out. Sometimes Ethan gets going too fast, and he's trying to attack, attack, attack. Uh, better decision-making. He'd be the first one to admit it. He has to have some better, has to make better decisions when he gets the ball at the post. The tough part about that, the other side of it was in the second half, there was a stretch where he'd made a couple of bad plays. Uh, The team was in a tough spot. They went to a timeout. When they came out of that timeout, the sideline reporter mentioned on the TV broadcast that Ethan Happ was really hard on himself during that timeout, and Greg Gard spent much of the timeout talking to Ethan about what he needs to do. He came out of that stretch and was playing like he was the roadrunner. His legs were moving. He got rebounds. He got loose balls. He made a couple of buckets. He got them right back into the game out of that, so he giveth and he taketh away in some situations. A nice like last night, though, where you're not getting any outside shots. What's he supposed to do? Well, you, you get the ball. you got to move the ball. So you get, you got to have five guys moving on offense. Right. To get, to, to but have if they're locking out, down the guards. Well, but you, part of that is that they were just standing because they weren't getting the ball. You know what I'm saying? They're, I do. It, you have to be unified as a unit on the floor, and too often it would just go into Ethan and everyone else would watch him try to score. What was weird about the I mean, missed... it was 20, 20 field goal attempts out of 56. What was weird about the missed free throws, and I know for folks that watch it on TV, this was pointed on the broadcast too, that it wasn't just a short or long thing where normally that's uh, one sort of miss. But it was no, left or right, yes. which is, as Dockich was saying, is, is then that's bad form. That's He's got something wrong right there. And it looked like, just to my naked, dumb eye, that it looks like he's cocking it more to the right again. He used I to always set know. it off to the side to the right, and then it's like well, a golfer with a longer golf swing. It takes him a while to get it back to and online instead of just straight, arms straight out in front of you. The fact that you can't recognize his free throw from free throw to free throw from game to game is part of the problem. Sure. Because it's not consistent. It it hasn't been consistent. Now, he came into last night's game over the last three. He was 9 of 19 from the line. I'd gladly take that. We've talked about it. Split. If you can get a split, hallelujah, we'll throw you ticker tape. But now it's it's dwindling, diminishing returns on this, and we all agree none of them looked very good from the onset. Now, Dan Dockich was the color analyst last night. Uh, they held up the game so Dockage could get his fat butt off the floor. Uh, but he's in, involved again with Frank Kaminsky. Uh, and this is a deep-seated Twitter battle between Frank the Tank and Dockage. Um, Dockage likes to point out that Frank has been pretty much a bust as a pro. <laughs> he does so subtly and not so subtly. Sure. Um, Frank's response on Twitter yesterday was, Hey, Dan, I'm just here to remind you that it's 2019 and cyberbullying is no longer cool. 
I'm such a good person. I feel like I needed to remind you again. Great person do such a thing. Hashtag cyberbullying. Uh, then a former Michigan State player, Miles Bridges, chimed in. Uh, especially when you're a 40-year-old moron. <laughs> this is a bad year for Frank in this because he's he's kind of gotten in the doghouse in the well, situation. He's got no leverage. Here. Yeah, in, in he the wants NBA. To get so trade and they won't trade him. They won't get, play him. Exactly. He's not getting to play, not getting traded, so it's not working out well for him. There's not much to lean on in oh, that man. comeback. Not that Dockett should be doing this. No, this but, sort it's, of thing, it, but I think it started over pay-for-play. Yes. Didn't it? Yeah. And then just it's, it, it just perpetuated itself over the last few years. Because Dockich, who has a radio show in Indianapolis, continues the radio show onto Twitter. That he just comments on every subject and everything, especially anything basketball related and uh, Big Ten most notably, as well as the, obviously guys who are in the from the Big Ten so, now in the NBA. He just keeps it going. So who was he, was he car- comparing Nate Reavers to Frank, a young Frank? Yeah, he called him a, a young. Or John, like a young I, I think a John Lure. Too, that's the other name one. that came to mind last night too when you kept bringing it up and then I was going to mention. But yeah, he he mentioned Frank a couple of times in comparing Reavers to him. They showed Frank's number hanging in the rafters. Reavers battled his rear end off. With Chris, with Nick Ward, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they. You probably didn't get a chance to see it on television, but I was just focused on. He did everything possible to keep Ward away from the rim. Rim and Ward's so much stronger and more physically mature. Reavers, it's pretty good now. It's going to be an awfully good player here by the time he leaves. What do you have last night? Eleven points, four rebounds. He had three of Wisconsin's six three-point hits. Three of six from the field. Uh, he was the second best player on the floor, really. Yeah, I'm just looking at all these numbers of these guys who did make contributions in the first half that made nothing in the second half, like Trice, zero points in the second half, Pritzel, zero points in the second half, Kobe King, two points in the second half. All those guys who numbers, if you looked at them as a whole, say, all right, they contributed, that's good. All of it was in the first half. Yeah, second half, the Badgers scored 21 points. Yeah. 21 points. Uh, let me amplify on that. Wisconsin scored 21 points in the second half, shot what, 2 of 10 from beyond the three-point line in the second half, 9 of 22, and we're 1 of 8 from the free-throw line in the second half. Yeah. like you That's said, not going to get it done. The the thing that you just come away from it, too, like you started off saying both Michigan and now Michigan State, good teams, you can understand how they could lose to those teams, but both were gettable games. Yeah. They could have won those So, games. I don't know, does that make you feel better or worse, that Wisconsin has been right there with both Michigan and Michigan State mm-hmm. and Purdue – all right, and has got a win over Michigan. Also, you throw Maryland into the mix, got a win over Maryland. Does that make you feel better or worse that the Badgers have been right there but haven't been able to consistently close out those teams and win those games? That's for the Yap line. Okay. 608-313-4083. 608-313-4083. We'll go over some of the crazy stuff that happened in college basketball last night. No way you blow a 23-point lead against a heavyweight, right? With nine minutes left in the... No way! That can't... With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can happen. Can that happen? No. We'll tell you what happened and why next on Lucas in the Morning.
Penn State 1-11 in Big Ten play is about to pull off the stunner. 75-69. The Nittany Lions defeat the six-ranked Michigan Wolverines, and they storm the court at the Bryce Jordan all 22 people that were in attendance stormed the floor. All 22 of them. And that's pretty right accurate, too. Maybe 23 if you count an usher. You just kind of <laughs> stumbled into the scrum. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Fogel, General Ben. Penn State over Michigan. How's that happen, right? Well, it's one of the toughest venues to play in for all the wrong reasons. Nobody's there. And it's dark. Mm-hmm. It just There's no atmosphere. It's a terrible environment. They should be having truck pulls there, which is what they do. <laughs> Truck and tractor pulls. Inside right? that building they do? Yes. They were Jeez. trying to make it interesting and give it away a bit at the end. They Michigan were, but that's chance. Penn State's yeah. M.O. Right. Find a way to lose this game that we should win. It still would have been only the second most egregious giveaway on the night. Yeah, we'll get around to that. Uh, so Lamar Stevens last night had 26 points and 12 rebounds to pace uh, the Nittany Lions. Uh, Michigan played the second half without its head coach, John Beeline. He watched the game from the locker room. He was ejected at the end of the first half. Um, he was really upset on a screen, a pick, whatever you want to call it, a knockdown, a decleater on his best player's Xavier Simpson. So he picked up the first technical. And then he continued to argue a little bit uh, along the sidelines near the scorer's table, a hot-dogging officiating crew, a bunch of lightweights, uh, wound up ejecting Beeline. Afterwards, he said he hadn't been thrown out of a game since he thought maybe 78 or 79. Um he doesn't get a technical. He rarely gets a technical. He was honest about that. And he said he would save his discussion and comments about what happened for the Big Ten office. Right. Ooh. <laughs> uh, he, he, he wasn't uh, very happy with much of anything that went on. I wondered when I was watching some of the game, and uh, this was in the second half, and Beeline had already been ejected at this point, if going to Penn State isn't one of the worst things at any time, but especially after you come off an emotional victory, like you come off a big high of Wisconsin, that it's such a letdown and then a, such a letdown going to Penn State that you might be vulnerable for something like Plus that. That contributes to it. You, have to, be such, yeah, you have to be such a self-starter in that building. Yeah. And yeah. you know it going in, and the coaches remind you of it. The players, it doesn't sneak up on them. They right. know that, that, that now the students at Penn State are pretty good. There's just not many of them. It's all about football. And it, especially at a midweek game, mm-hmm. I can't draw flies there. <laughs> and I mean, you, you can't because you got to come from so far away. I mean, State College is in the middle of nowhere. It's between Philadelphia and Pittsburgh. And you know, and I'm sure Beeline probably presented this to his team in some form or fashion, but every year Penn State gets somebody at home. They knock oh, yeah, off they somebody. Do. They get that one big upset every year at home, and you think, oh, well, they're not you that bad You can look it team. up the minutiae, but if you take a look at this Penn State team, they've had the lead or have been close mm-hmm. to the lead in about eight or nine games in the last couple of minutes, and they, yeah. they find ways to lose. They found ways to lose. Last night they found a way to win. Now, this is for all you chicken little Badger fans. <laughs> this guy is falling. Where's Trice? What happened to Trice and Davidson in the second half? Uh, Carson Edwards, who's in – the discussion for player of the year, not only in the Big Ten, but for the world, was two for 13 in the second half last night for Purdue. Had seven points. It does happen. The Boilermakers in the second half got outscored 40-18 to 18 by Maryland. I repeat, Maryland outscored Purdue in the second half 40-18. to 18. The Boilermakers shot 17% from the field, one of 16 from three-point range. That's Purdue. 40-18. That's, that's, that's a good team. So Maryland posts the upset there. If you want to call it an upset, I don't think it is an upset. So there you have it, chicken little Badger fans. <laughs> no, because those – why not to call it an upset as much? They're at home. 
They're a good team. And of those top four or five teams in the Big Ten, you're not surprised really when any no, of them they beat look the other because they're all they? pretty I, even. I think, to, to my eye, now if, if Michigan State had Lankford, be no question in my mind that Michigan State would be the best team. Mm-hmm. I do think the fact that they don't have Lankford started over 70 games with a three-point sniper, pretty good defender. It's going to hurt them some, at some point. Maybe maybe not in the league race. There's so many games in the, sec- the f- final two weekends of the regular season. Michigan, for instance, plays Maryland twice and Michigan State twice. Yeah. How about that, right? Ahead, yeah. And that's why last night was a, that could have been feeling I brought, opened the show with. If the Badgers could have won that game last night, they're right in the middle of the race. They really are. Now they're battling for f- fourth place, and that game against Iowa might determine that seating because Iowa's have been on a roll, been on a run, despite what Jeff Petrikas thinks. <laughs> it, despite it was, what he thinks. It was a great night for college basketball. Oh, I mean, really I was. sat there watching game after well, game, and we, I'm like, this is a great we, even have a, we had another buzzer beater, right? You never expect yeah. Kentucky. Did you ever expect Kentucky to lose at home to LSU? No. The LSU's pretty good this year, and this is how it all ended up. Three seconds. Mays driving. Mays goes up. Layup off the glass. Tapped in by Cabell Bigby Williams. Did wow. they count the basket? Did they count the basket? What is he saying? What's the indication? They count the basket. Counted the basket. Wow. Never got an indication from Joe Lindsay. He just told Coach Calipari, sorry, and he's walked to the tunnel. The Tigers defeat Kentucky here tonight. 73-71. Good for the Tigers. Well, you know what was controversial about that? Did you Have you seen the play? No, I they, haven't seen the video. They could review to make sure that the, the shot was off in time, but they can't review whether it was offensive basket interference, which it was. The tip and the ball was right over the cylinder, and he tips it in, but that wasn't called live, so you can't review that one. So it was officiated correctly by the book, but it was obviously a basket that shouldn't have been lost. The beauty of college basketball. So we, so we waste time on going to the scorer's table to look at hook and holds, but right. that we, we can't go and look know, at. You know, Dockich and I forget, I'm forgetting no the play-by-play guy last Dave night. Dave Fleming. Okay. They mentioned during the broadcast, they both agreed and thought that review for college basketball has been one of the worst things for well, the did sport. Did Dockich go nuts on the hook and hold review? Uh, they, did a, they did a little bit, but then they kind of brought it out as a whole and just saying that these delays, it's made officiating they feel worse because they're more reliant on going yeah, to the I replay agree and, with it, that. and it stalls things out. I was saying the beauty of college basketball, unlike college football, is you can take these hits now. Yeah. And just bounce back, right? I just point. Michigan State lost three, to game, three games in a row, including to Illinois and Indiana. But it, it doesn't matter. It's not going to matter in March. Nobody's going to remember. I guess I didn't realize, like you said, that, that LSU's that good. Because yeah, I saw their really records are. when I was watching the game. Like, wait a minute. They only have one no, conference loss. They are win. really good. Yeah, they might win the conference title but, here. But no one cares about LSU basketball. Maybe Shaq. But, it, <laughs> wow. but it's all about football. It's about the and Raging nobody, Cajun, man. Right. And nobody cares guy, about SEC name, basketball either. Well, Kentucky. They care about yeah, Kentucky. But, yeah, one the, school. Yeah, right, and that's why it was so stunning to me. I'm like, wait a minute. LSU's not only want to win this game. They're going to win the conference title here if they don't blow it. Now, all of the things we've talked about already, probably they don't top maybe the biggest surprise last night. That's going to be a tease, I think. Okay. Because no one saw this coming. Number, two things. No one saw Louisville. Well, I'm, I'm not going to spoil it. Nobody surprise. saw the setup or the finish. That's yeah. better, better <laughs> phrased. Yeah, no one saw it. Did you see it coming? Nobody nope. did. No, not we'll to that some comments too about what Duke players are all about. Oh, <laughs> oh Coach K prefers. Oh no, that's <laughs> well, coming up next on Lucas in the morning. Their team, you know, I'll play 
us for 30 minutes. I mean, not just outplay, they, they outcompeted us. You know, they, I commend them. They uh, probably were more deserving of winning, but in the last 10 minutes, we were spectacular. What were some of the things that Coach K was talking to you about in the huddles to keep you believing? He said he don't coach losers. He want to coach winners. He said go out there, play hard. He can coach us to a win. There you go. That would inspire me. Welcome back. Lucas in the morning. Vogel. General Ben. Just heard from Coach K and Zion Williamson. I mean, it was pretty notable last night. I got it home in time just to tune into the Louisville-Duke game, and I'm thinking, well, do I want to stay with this? Because Louisville was up by 23 points! Well, I think you'd yeah, want to stay with it just to enjoy think, seeing that, don't you? Because you're so much into <laughs> analytics. Oh, yeah. What do you think the win probability is with nine minutes left and you're up by 23 points on your home floor? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, I saw this on the uh, network that does all the highlights last night. They actually had, as the game was going on and as the comeback was going on, how the percentages change, and it was at one point in single digits, obviously, because as you said, it was twenty-three. The game was over, but then it wasn't. So no one saw that happening—that Louisville would take a twenty-three-point lead over Duke. And then, as I continued to watch and watch, you could see that Louisville was losing its edge, oh, yeah. starting to lose its confidence, oh, starting yeah. to unravel, oh, yeah. starting to melt, yes, like the Wicked Witch. Right, that, oh. that you saw a puddle at by the end of the game, there was a puddle on the floor, and that was the Louisville basketball team. And as it's happening, I forget exactly, but it is at least with three or four minutes left in the game, Louisville is out of timeouts, so they can't even stop no, this madness they're, they're as they're going down the drain. I saw that same mess with Northwestern uh, at Iowa. Same thing happened. I mean, not to the same extent. It wasn't like they had a twenty-three point lead. I think they had a thirteen-point lead. They didn't know how they, they couldn't close. They couldn't finish. I mean, we saw it here last night, the Cole Center, but it was different. It wasn't like the Badgers had a big lead. Yeah. They just couldn't get the lead after drawing into a tie, drawing close. Same at Michigan. They draw close, but they couldn't get that next shot to take the lead. By far different circumstance when you have a major lead, a significant lead, a meaningful lead, like Northwestern had at Iowa, like Louisville had last night against Duke, and then you can't close. Duke put on full-court pressure that just totally had Louisville rattled. They were throwing the ball over the place. They didn't know whether to attack or whether they were trying to pull it out and run clock. They were out of timeout, so they couldn't regroup. Uh, so they they were just a mess as to what to do. And Chris Mack was, I don't want to say he was calm, but he wasn't jumping around yelling and screaming at the no. guys. So he didn't know what to do at this I think point. He's, I think he's really good coach, too. And you understand it. He's he's got to change the culture a little bit at Louisville, to say the least. Uh, he said afterwards the most obvious statement ever. Louisville coach Chris Mack quoting: "We have to figure out how to close games." End of quote. Uh, yeah, yeah. But these these players are new to his system, and he's right. new to these players. They're a good team. You talk about changing the culture. You mean just stop paying recruits? Is that the change? Stop lap, 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 lap dances. Having assistants yeah, do that? Yeah. Did they give lap dances. It was just strip parties. What no, there was, was lap dances too. Yeah. Well, that was yeah. the head coach too. They had some issues. Yeah, I mean, as long as not that he knew about it. As long as Chris Max is as long as Dick Vitale can get him a job again. Because you mentioned analytics, give me this because we always talk about when it comes to football. 
and how the Patriots never do this and how Andy Reid is the worst at clock management. And you could have put Mike McCarthy for a lot of Packers well, fans. Well, in this. Well, thank, you know, you. Uh, thank you, Andy. <laughs> there is a rule of thumb about in football. Yes, that was, he had, that was that's exclusive. Yeah. Andy Reid explaining the hook and hold. Well, well, you know, just what we're saying. And, uh, thank thank you. you, Andy. Well done. <clears throat> there is a rule of thumb about when it is appropriate to call a timeout in an NFL game. That's not in the two-minute drill type scenario. And when it's better off to just take the five-yard penalty for delay of game or a procedure or whatever it is. And last night, the the equivalent for basketball is the, and Ethan Happ does this, it seems like, a lot, the diving for the loose ball and immediately calling a timeout. And yeah, he burning does that timeouts. too much. does yeah. that too much, especially it's one thing in the first half. The, yeah, it's one thing in the first half when you have the use it or lose it timeout. It's more important in the second half, especially with a team like Wisconsin. You don't get many possessions. So those possessions are magnified. I have no problem with in the second half. First half seems a little bit early to me. Yeah, you're, yeah you're it's just off. when it's 17, 18, 15, whatever minutes left in the half and you're using the timeout, like, you're going to need that later. Um, Coach Gay was put on the spot last night. Um, some stories have surfaced over the past week involving a former player, Corey Maggetti. Um, some rape allegations. How did uh, Coach K handle it? At that level, for that serious of an accusation, it's always university level. Always. Our university, they'll handle everything, and that's what should happen. You know, a coach shouldn't do anything with that. I have no knowledge of it, but I'm not the one who's going to be a, our university should do all that. And rightfully so. You know, that's the level that, that needs to, that work needs to happen. Okay? Thank you. All right, no, wait. I, I can buy some of it, like the university above, everybody above them has right. to handle it. But no knowledge of it. Who are you crapping? Well, well, he may he not, not have, have any knowledge, knowledge of Corey getting involved should. with something. Do you, do you honestly think that's the way that 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 school runs basketball, Duke, where Coach K, everything does not filter through him? Yeah, that's what I'm it's saying. Not I, it's not true. It's not believable that he has no knowledge of something happening in his program. It's like that's what's Patino's argument. He didn't know they were bringing in strippers. Really? That. That's different because that's involving a, a coach, something that a player does away or doesn't. Maybe he didn't do anything, and maybe there isn't anything there. So how should he have knowledge can of something that maybe didn't happen? Well, can you understand why we have trouble believing that? Right. I wish he would just countless times. I wish he would just add in the. I, it's a university thing. I will do whatever I'm asked to do, or whether I should do, and give anything I have that can help in this investigation. Well, he could have used that. Just something right, along those right. lines, right? To say you're at least an active participant. Instead of just getting up and leaving, right, and getting to right. the truth, whatever getting that huffy is. And yeah. Huffy. Uh, second hour, we'll talk with uh, Andy. Ba- hey, a special award for a special Wisconsin football player. We'll talk to Andy about that at 7.50. Then Mike Heller, Mikey Baseball joints. Brewers open camp? Have they open camp? This pitchers week, and pitchers, pitchers and catchers, yeah. Wow. You'll be excited. We'll talk to Heller at 7.45 right here on Lucas in the Morning. Okay, patrons, it's time to grab a little slice of cake and put on that party hat because it's birthdays, dead or alive. Here's Uncle Lukey. All right, Eddie, tell me if I'm an idiot for asking this question about a band I had never heard of, Big Country. Um, is that a country music band? No. no. Oh, my gosh. You haven't heard of them? Because no. what's funny about them is their biggest hit is the name of the band, isn't it? It's yeah. In a big country. Well, yep. Tony Butler is 62 years old. What kind of music do they play? Right here. Right here. 80s what, how pop. How would you describe it? Yeah. Pop from pop, the 80s. Yeah. Well, kind of what do you think of, was that yeah. a stupid question? Oh, big country doesn't play country? No. 
No, it's just that it's because it's funny that this band's biggest hit right. is basically the name of the band, so it was really easy to remember who's if you've heard of them. Uh, who's a college basketball player, went on to the pros, who's named Big Country? Bryant Reeves, isn't it? Bryant, yeah. Big Country Reeves? Yeah. Played in Vancouver the, in the NBA. Did he really? Yep. Oklahoma, well. Oklahoma State? Yes. Where he's from? Yep. Count K. We're just talking about him, weren't we? Yes. 72 years old today. Two of America's nice great people, Abraham Lincoln yesterday and Coach K today. Nice gift. Louisville gave him a great gift. Nature that was a gift. <laughs> uh, we also mentioned Corey McGetty. He was pulled from the Clippers uh, broadcast last night. Apparently he's one of their analysts. Yep. I don't understand why. They'd be a little sensitive to that. All right, let's uh, segue. One of the greatest groups of all time. Also, <laughs> serious television performers. Yeah. The Monkees, Peter Tork, 77. You know who wrote, what other Rock and Roll Hall of Famer wrote this song, don't you? You got to know, Ben. Come on. I don't think I do know. Neil Diamond. Ah, he wrote I mean, this? Dennis yeah, Price. he wrote uh, a number Why did he songs. sing it himself? Uh, he, he was does a songwriter first. He does. Yeah, he, he wrote was a songwriter first. Yeah. Guy wrote a lot of hits. Randy Moss. Randy Ooh. Moss only 42 today? Yes, he would be, Sounds right? about right, yeah. So if you, had, if you had a choice between Jerry Rice, Larry Fitzgerald, Terrell Owens, or Randy Moss... Play for you. To play for you for one game, championship game, who would you pick? Hold on, let's hear from Randy. Great cash, homie. Thank you, Randy. (laughs) I take Moss. You take him over Jerry Rice? Yep. Really? Really? For one game. We're talking about, I don't want... I don't want him for the whole season. Got to be a big game, otherwise he's not going to show up. No, yeah, it's a championship game. Yeah, I'd probably take Jerry, but you can't go wrong with either one of those picks. Really. No. Other, but you got to make sure that Randy's going to play most of the game. Well, but he likes to take t- plays off. There's something on the line, like a title game, I think he would be. Maybe. Motivated. Well, I've seen him quit in title games before, too. <laughs> so, Peter Gabriel is 68. He's got a pretty uh, extensive resume. Yeah. He does his... Uh, I, so I told you I was watching Behind the Music yesterday about Genesis. It took him several years to get over the hangover that Genesis was having great success after he left until he really got his solo career going. Right. Drew Henson is 39 today. You know why he's famous? Baseball, football, Michigan, and Cowboys, Split reps Tom Brady. with Tom Brady. Yeah. yeah. Yep. One of the reasons Brady couldn't start right away was Drew Henson. Signed with the phenom. Oh, he signed with the New York Yankees? Oh, is that who he signed with? Oh, my goodness. All right. And Here comes and, the judge. And his story is relevant to what's going on with Kyler Murray sure right now about that he went baseball first and then football. You know, he only got nine ABs in the major leagues. <laughs> nine at bat. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And he went to the NFL after, you know, flunking baseball. Yeah. And played in nine games, you know, with Dallas and Detroit. So he was kind of a bust in both sports, but made enough money to not cry about it. Uh, one other birthday, Angelo Mosca is 73, no, no, 82 today. You know who Angelo Mosca is? Former no. professional wrestler, I, former gosh, Canadian Football that. League player. Got in a fight with Joe Cap when both were 73 oh, years old. Oh, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it was yeah. over a grudge that they had from the 1963 Grey Cup game where Mosca tackled one of Cap's teammates, dirty play. Yeah. It was like a 40-plus year grudge they carried, so they got on the stage together 
And Cap went over and threw a punch at him. Well, Joe you Cap's a two, bad man. You see these yeah. two old men yeah. just rolling around. They were paid, I think, to be at this appearance. And Joe just went up and they could just clock them. By the way, Ben, your guy Jerry Springer celebrating a birthday today, too. Former mayor speaking, of Cincinnati. Speaking of fights, <laughs> every show. Brian Posick joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. Good morning, patrons. It's time to get over the hump. Welcome to Wednesday. Hump day, am I right, buddy? Here's who'll be joining us for our festivities today. At 7.15, it's our buddy Bags. Bags? Andy Baggett of UWBadges.com. At 7.45, get this, Mike Heller. Yeah, of The Mike Heller Show. Wish I had a show named after me. Then again, maybe not. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let the show begin. And unfortunately, it can't begin without these two. Here's Rob Bogle and Mike Lucas. Wisconsin looked to be in pretty good shape at halftime last night at the Kohl Center. The Badgers led Michigan State 38-37. And the second half was all Sparty, outscoring Wisconsin 30-21. to What was the difference in that second half? Well, it was a war. I mean, I, I knew after that first half... Uh, for Michigan State and Wisconsin, go 38-37 is kind of un-American, especially here. It's a tough place to play. In the second half, Cassius Kenny played better, but I think our defense to hold them to 21 points in the second half, no rebound, getting back to the things that have won us games, I think was critical. Tom Izzo, indeed, that defense was stellar last night for the Spartans, especially in the second half. The Badgers were only 2 of 10 from beyond the arc, but... The defense had nothing to do with their free throw shooting. Yeah. One of eight in the second half from the line for the game. Ethan Happ was zero of six. Brian Postlick joins us now. Brian's time is brought to you by On Ice Promotions with the program to enhance your game, your skills, and your potential. Uh, you know, Izzo even said last night after the game that, that uh, he feels for, for Ethan Happ uh, because he is, you know, he's a terrific player. He's a nice young man. And, uh, and, you know, I mean, he's one of only four players hear, in league history to do what he's done, 2,000 points, 1,000 right. rebounds, but he's shooting 35% from the you free throw line in the Big Ten. You could hear audible groans from the crowd right, whenever terrible. he stepped up to the line. Now, yeah. Ethan addressed it uh, last night after the game. He's got, he knows it's coming. He knows he's going to get the question. He tried to handle it about as best as he could. Do we have that clip? Uh, not especially. I could kind of tell once I left my hand that it was off left or right, and I'm gonna look at the look at the tape and see what was going wrong. Very frustrating overall, you know, to miss, but then also for it to be, you know, not straight on. And that was the thing. He wasn't close on five no, of his he, six misses. He was shot putting it. You know, yeah, I mean, he wasn't it, but shooting like, it. He and, was shot and, putting and it. And Rob pointed out for. It's almost like every time he's at the line, there's a different technique involved. His yeah, mechanics are never the same. Right, because he, he has no confidence. Absolutely none. And, and you've been to practice enough, and I walk around the Kohl Center enough where, where the floor is down at the Kohl Center, or I'll stick my head into Nicholas Johnson, and, and, and he, might be the only guy on, he might be the only guy on the floor. But he's got a rebounder, and he shoots free throws. And he's good at it. But then he gets to the games, and it's just yeah, not it's there. A, the the it's just environment amazing. changes. I mean, yeah, yeah. he should... During water breaks in practice, everyone else go get Gatorade or water. Yeah. He's shooting free throws. Right, right. Uh, for a while there, Greg Gard tried doing something different, whereas if they were in a free throw shooting segment, mm -hmm. and if he missed, the whole team would run. Mm -hmm. So it put more pressure on him sure. to make 
And still didn't still, work. Yeah. What Matt, do you do? Ask this, because it used to be, uh, when Bo Ryan was head coach and Greg Gard was the assistant, that Gary Close was known as the shooting doctor. He worked with a lot of guys in different shots yeah, over the Orlando Tucker. He visited with Gary last year. Okay, I was going to say, yeah, who's yeah. the guy do you think mechanically that's Dean working Oliver's with been him? working with him okay. uh, yeah. since uh, the summer. They tr- they're trying to get him to be consistent with the mechanics. Right. Every, the thing about well, that's the problem. He's, he's mechanical. Yeah. That's the problem. Uh, he well, has no, there's no fluidity whatsoever. The one thing that you can't coach is what's he Between what's he ears. thinking? What's right, right. Right. What's where's his confidence? That's confidence, oh, right? Completely. That's what it the is. The mechanics are fine in practice, right, right. or when he's shooting by himself. Yeah. But when the lights are on and you're in a game situation, it changes. Yeah, and we can, you know, I mean, uh, the fans can put all the blame they want on on Hap, but Dimitri Trice and oh, Brad Davis didn't down. do anything. Yeah, I, mean, I think we have another clip yeah, from yeah. Tom Izzo yeah. kind of speaking to that, don't we, Ben? But I thought the game was won because of the job we did on Davidson, pretty good after the start. Um, Trice. Uh, I love that kid. I love what he's done, and uh, he just didn't have as good a game tonight. So that was where the game was was probably won as our defense on our guards, to be honest with you. Trice and Davis are 4 of 18 yeah. on the field. Right. Oh, yeah. That hurts. That yes, hurts. It does. Cassius Winston's pretty good. Uh, you think? Oh, my God. I always think of Paul Pierce when I see him. He's like a mini Pierce because of that headband. Oh, the headband? Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and his game, too, as far as clutch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, you think of Paul Pierce as a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And, and this Cassius Winston is as good a yeah. point guard as there is in college a basketball. Ramil Robinson, a little bit, a little bit, right? Uh, but yeah. he's he, Robinson was a bigger, stronger guard. Yeah, yeah. Winston can get oh, to the rim, and plus, yeah. you got to honor his outside shot. He right. does it all. Mm-hmm. We, speaking of shot makers, we got one from the NHL last night. Someone you know, Brian Posick, hey. personally, hey. right? Let's listen. Still with the puck in the corner, tries to spin away from Giroux. Caught in a shot, he scores. Anthony LaPanta, Fox Sports North. That was kind of cut Luke short, Cunning. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. He didn't add much after that. No, he didn't. Really? His horn. Yeah. Wild was loss, it? though. It was one of two goals that Cunning scored tonight. Yeah, yeah, they blew a 3-1 lead last yeah. night. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah, remember Poor fanboy here. I don't know, back-to-back nights for the Flyers. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. It's about time Cunning's up there. Hopefully he stays instead of them dink-donging around it. The, uh, they pulled a what like the Badgers did for Mark Johnson. Before the game, they honored Joe Mauer did the right. Wild. They yeah. all wore warm-up jerseys. They were Minnesota Twins jerseys and Mauer on the back. When did he skate with them? Joe Mauer did not skate with them, no. but like so all good Minnesotans, he did player? skate for a little while in his life. So. Have a great day. All right, you too, Brian. Thanks. Uh, when we come back, Andy Baggett joins us. A uh, very special Wisconsin player. Received a very special award last night. We'll talk about it next on Lucas in the Morning. Well, I'm so I think that's a big one. You know, I wasn't raised by my biological parents. Um, and I think that's that's one of the ways in which I feel like I really met Jesus and, and kind of uh, referencing earlier about how love can really have the power to transform and shape us as people. Um, I was raised by a white woman who, who, who took me out of foster care. That was part of Dakota Dixon's acceptance speech after being named the 2018 Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the year. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. We're joined now by Andy Baggett from UWBadgers.com. Good morning. Everything all right with you guys? Yeah, Good morning. Yeah. Bring us some context for this award, um, what it entails, and certainly you know Dakota as well as anybody. So the stage is yours. Stage is mine. Well, anytime you have an, you get an award that includes the words man of the year, woman of the year, whatever the year, 
it's a it's a pretty big honor, especially when you're in, in such a platform as, as college football. Uh, I wish everybody could meet Dakota Dixon. That's that's the best compliment that I can pay him. I wish everybody had an opportunity. Uh, man, woman, child, dog, cat, you name it, it. I wish every single person in this world had an opportunity to sit and listen and, and uh, have a conversation with Dakota Dixon because he's that special. He's that impactful. He's that humble. He's that gifted. And he's that extraordinary. I, I really believe he's, uh, he's one of the really, uh, you, you count when, when you live this life, you, you come across very few people that uh, that have a story like his that uh, you that is so compelling, uh, so uh, so instructive about how we should live our lives that uh, you can't help but be a better person for it, and that's that's how I view Dakota. And it says the uh, Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year award goes to the player who exudes quote exceptional courage, integrity, and sportsmanship. You mentioned that you'd like everybody to get a chance to to meet him. What are the specifics? What kind of things does somebody have to do, like in the case of Dakota Dixon, to to demonstrate that to the voters or the people who select the winner of the award? Well, I think it requires some some uh, reading of his story and understanding what he's done, um, as as he touched on in the in his in in his uh, little clip there. Uh, he had a horrific upbringing. Anybody. Uh, the, the one visual that I tell people is if you could imagine living in a uh, living with a with a styrofoam cooler as your refrigerator for more than a year, being homeless, um, uh, having uh, losing a father, losing a mother to drugs, uh, not not having any real uh, sense of direction for for quite a while in your life, and to wind up with a college degree with a chance to play in the NFL with an, but more importantly, with an attitude that we should all have about being grateful and about, uh, uh, enjoying what we have in this life and appreciating the gifts that we've been given. And that's, uh, that's what Dakota does better than anybody that I've ever met. He's, he's really given the challenges that he's taken on in this life and the way that he has, uh, uh, made it to this moment is is uh, nothing short of extraordinary and inspiring. One other person comes to mind when we've been talking here about Dakota Dixon to put him at that same level. Who's Can I gone. guess? I, I You know, right? You know, it's on the tip of my tongue, and I know Cecil Martin, right? Is that who Cecil you were Martin. thinking about? Yeah, Total Cecil Martin, yep. yes. Who went well, through back, the same back. thing. He, was, he lived in a homeless shelter in the Chicago area for a while, didn't he? He did, and... Uh, he wound up with uh, with he, he very similar tracks uh, in in terms of their of, of how they lived their lives and how they were able to uh, uh, embrace and overcome. And uh, it, I, it's Cecil was uh, had the same impact on his teammates. It had the same impact on the school. He's in fact, I believe he he received a uh, a an award when he was a senior here about. Uh, for uh, it was he was on a national good works team, if, if I'm not mistaken, that uh, where he was one of the he was one of the the, the, the guys on the forefront of of, of, of uh, having 
student-athletes go to hospitals, student-athletes going and participating in civic projects and that type of thing here in Wisconsin. And, and uh, he continues to have uh, the same type of impact. You, you, when you meet Cecil, you, you can't help but be happy. And uh, same thing with Dakota. No, we know, Andy, what winning a, a Heisman Trophy or an Outland Trophy or some award along those lines, a Hobie Baker Award, means to a program or, or a university. But having somebody like Dakota Dixon win a, a, a Collegiate Man of the Year Award, having a men's and women's hockey player both as finalists for the Hockey Humanitarian Award, what can that mean uh, for a, a university? Well, I, in, in this case, um, I... I think the uh, the Badgers Give Back program is is such a it's proof that it, it has an impact on, at this school because uh, it is it is viewed in such a positive way and embraced in such a massive way by these student athletes here where you're, you're there are kids going volunteering to go to the hospital volunteering to uh, to uh, go to uh, youth centers volunteering to go to to uh, uh, elder care places, those types of things, and and doing so willingly, it's become such a piece of of uh, of, of of a student athlete's life here in Wisconsin that uh, and become such a big deal to a lot of these guys that uh, you you can't help but be impressed by the by the culture that's here, and uh, there are a lot of a lot of unsung people that go in, that that, that uh, are participating in this, and and to the point that um, you know. This is Badgers Give Back is, is such a big deal now that uh, there's there are full time people appointed to run this because it has become such a such a massive piece of, of, of a student athlete's life here at Wisconsin. Think about this within days of each other. Dakota Dixon last night getting the Man of the Year award uh, this past weekend. Uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, was presented with the Doak Walker Award at their annual banquet. Uh, an award that also puts a heavy emphasis on academics and community service. Can you think of two better representatives for the University no. of Wisconsin? No. Not just the football program for the no, University no, of Wisconsin than Taylor no. and Dixon. No, and and there uh, there's there's a lot of similarities in in how they approach their lives there. That uh, very admirable people um, and people that are really 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 easy to root for. There there is no um, if you if you have are a sports fan, if you are just a fan of people, you you are going to be gravitating toward those two guys because they just have a way about them that's really that's really special. The thing about it is, too, we'll be talking about another player three or four years from now that we haven't identified yet who will have similar resume. Uh, one last question for you, Andy. Uh, John Dietzen had to announce his retirement for football, which is not a surprise because of the many injuries that he's tried to play. Through, what are some of your thoughts on on Dietz and what he was able to give this program, even though he was never really healthy? Well, it's a largely it, it just may if you don't appreciate the the level to which there is sacrifice to to play major college sports, especially a sport like football, then the, then this is a really good uh, lesson in in what it takes and 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 what uh, it's there. There's a lot of mind over matter. You know that uh, when you when you are trying to play through injuries and trying to do your very best and trying to to uh, to ac- accentuate what your teammates do and, and to honor what the program's about, um, there's a lot that goes into it, and sometimes it's really pain. Excuse me, painful. And uh, John Dietzen, I wish him well. Andy, thank you. We'll talk on Friday. All right, guys, enjoy your days. Thanks, Andy.
uh, when we get around to talking something that's positive this morning, which is going to be baseball, we'll talk with Mike Heller in about 15. Don't you think that's a positive thought for, for with like 15 feet of snow outside yeah. our window? Yeah, the weather. Yes. Huh? And I know Ben wants to talk about Antonio Brown. Why does he want to talk so much about Antonio Brown? Because he's got some pipe dream. Pipe dream. That he's going to be a Packer and ex- he's going to suddenly change his I got some odds. I got some right. odds in explain the Packers Explain that to us when we come back, all right? Got that it. much, much more coming up on Lucas in the Morning. For you. King with a pass for Reavers, flips to Trice, back to Reavers on the left side, goes in a half against Ward, Ethan at the left block, Ethan turns up right, hand good, half the bucket, that's 2,000 for his career, Badgers pull within one, 56-55, Michigan State, 550 remaining, Ethan Happ, 2,000 points, better than 1,000 rebounds. First Big Ten player since Herb Williams of Ohio State in the early 80s. Yeah, I mean, I felt that the whole night we were throwing punches back and forth, and, you know, we felt like we were losing to win the whole time. But definitely as the game got later on, felt better about it. And then just lack of execution as a team, but I, I can, you know, as a player, you look back on stuff that you did personally. Comments. Of Ethan Happ, welcome back to Lucas in the Morning, Vogel. General Ben uh, Happ is now on that on that short list of Big Ten players reached the plateau of 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds. Joe Barry Carroll, Greg Kelser, Herb Williams, and now Ethan Happ. We had a uh, caller remind us that Aaron Henry is probably in that same discussion. Mm-hmm. Discussion with Cecil Martin and Dakota Dixon as far as giving so much more to the program beyond football. Uh, what- with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He did outside the lines was noteworthy and they very true. Very true is one of my favorite every players time, here. Every time I think of Aaron Henry, I think of two things. One, I know the gentleman that he gave one of his Big Ten championship rings to, who was a mentor to him here. And the other is that everything was sir. And he whenever yes. very polite as answer, like, yes, sir, that's a good point, sir. Whatever. He's from Immokalee, Florida, like Gator Lane down there. Uh, he he didn't come from much, uh, but he made m- much of himself and still is. He's coaching someplace. He was He's, he's bounced around a little bit as an assistant coach. He's a super, super individual, uh, like I said, outside of football. All right, so Ben got all excited during one of our breaks. He's thinking that Antonio Brown's coming to Green Bay. You want, you want to give want us your him. rationale? I want him Why to is Antonio to Brown going to be a Green Bay Packer? So according to Odd Sharks, the Packers have the third best odds of landing Antonio Brown. Only the Cowboys and the Steelers are ahead of them in that. Reasons why he would be a good fit, Rob Oh, yeah, Rob is one of the I'm reasons why. Me. No, me. No. Rob is one of Rob the reasons listen. why. I think oh, so. that's Rob a good reason. Listen. That's a good reason. The way you, okay. the way you said that, you yeah. said one of the reasons well, why he's a good fit. Rob, I see really? you over there flipping through papers, not paying attention. I'm so. listening with my ears. No, just I don't making need sure. To look right. at you. He'd be a reason why he'd go to the Bears. Rob, that would be the answer. Rob, a good reason to come to Wisconsin. I think that's no, no. That's why people stay away. Anyways, Packers, two first round picks in this year's draft, 10 picks overall, $40 million in cap space. Obviously they need another playmaker on offense for Aaron Rodgers. Plus remember last year, Mm -hmm. how aggressive the Packers were in trying to pursue 
Khalil Mack. So this isn't out of the realm of possibility. Until they bowed out. Still. It was right. down to them and the so, Bears, okay, basically. Let me, let me ask you this. Okay. Okay. I'll play a little game with you. If you had a chance, and you, you know, make, make believe, pretend, right, which we do here Monday through Friday between 6 and 8, uh, if you had a chance to get one or the other, uh, Antonio Brown or, now can think about your defense, Jadavian Clowney. If you had a chance to get one or the other and, and then you would target one or the other and you would land that player for next season, who would you prefer? Antonio Brown without a question. Uh, I think part of it for me in saying Jadavion Clowney is that his price tag is going to be less than Antonio Brown. But we have cap space. No, no, no. I don't mean just the the yeah the money. That that's I mean, certainly one thing. We need to go for things. If you're in getting the short for, if you're getting Antonio Brown, you're talking about having to give up draft picks. And you, sure. in your case, it seemed like you were alluding to you're going you'd be willing to part with at least one of your first round draft picks for it. Well, how far away do you think the Packers are from making a serious Super Bowl run? Uh, they're definitely a number of players. That's for sure. Well, where so where would one they, guy isn't going to do it? Where would the where would they be best suited to add a player? An offense or defense, if that player was either Antonio Brown or Jay Davian Clowney, who would have the bigger impact on the Packers next season? I still think Antonio Brown would have the larger impact than Clowney. So well, that's why I'm asking yeah. the question. It's, it's fair opinion. I'm not going to debate yeah. it. I think or you could also debate it. Who's the bigger risk? Who's the bigger risk? I well, both have risks. I mean, Clowney, I could, yeah, got Clowney got injury risk. Right? Can't stay healthy. Right, but who? So who's the bigger risk? But Antonio Brown could be perfectly healthy, and yeah. as he just did with Pittsburgh, take your franchise down. So I'm just, you know, which do you weigh? Is who's the bigger risk? How's Antonio Brown going to fit with um, your other number one receiver? How's Antonio Brown going to go when he's not getting 120 balls thrown his way, or if the team loses, or if he doesn't get a new contract? Right now with How's the Packers, go? yeah. I'm looking short term. I'm looking five years at the most because that's what I think I have out of Aaron Rodgers at his height. Sure. So. I think Antonio Brown would be okay in the short term. Well, I think he would. I think so, too. But my short term with Antonio Brown is a year. Yeah. I don't think you're getting more than a year out of him where he's not wanting that. Then a new contract, a new deal. Absolutely. All right, he's let's, not going to last I mean, more than Let's narrow it down some more. Let's say you have a chance at either Antonio Brown or Le'Veon Bell. Would you be interested in Le'Veon Bell? I think Le'Veon Bell is a total head case. And not to say that Antonio Brown's not because it doesn't sound very intelligent for me to say, but... I think Antonio Brown could be corralled by Aaron Rodgers. Well, you kind of speak for for a lot of Packer fans. I'm just curious where you are sitting today. Who do you think would make the Packers better next year if you had a you had a choice? So you think Antonio Brown would be? I think a tight end would. I think they a tight dra- end would they too. could draft a TJ Hawkinson. Sure. Maybe a Noah Fant. Maybe somebody else. I, I, mean, I think though, and you have to base this off the new head coach that they just got and what his and, philosophy. And we don't is. know, right? right. But Do it we? seems we well the track record at least that he had in Tennessee and that Sean McVay has with uh, the Rams and that uh, um, Shanahan has with the 49ers and was with Atlanta. So they need his running end. backs are very valuable. Yeah, running they, backs and tight ends. They run the ball a lot. They throw the ball to the running backs a lot. So just from that standpoint, I could see Le'Veon Bell making more sense. Plus, you now add depth if you get him and you still have your other two running backs. You need two, three good running backs in any of those offenses because they're going to get hurt. So I could see that more than – but I also want – you have to weigh – which is easier to address in free agency or the draft? Are you more likely, as you mentioned, tight end? There's a couple of good tight ends in Iowa draft, you could get. You draft a tight end. Sure. Could you draft one of those with your second first-round pick, get some defensive help into your first pick in the first round, pick up a clowny as well, and now you're getting a couple of impact players right away? I mean, I don't know what his thoughts are. 
Pettin's running the defense. So right. I, don't, I don't know what LaFleur's thoughts are, uh, the urgency to improve the defense, especially right. the pass rush. Right. And, of course, this all comes out on Mark Murphy, right, Rob? That, well, what's a, that about? First of all, that seems like a cheap shot. Mark <laughs> Murphy yes, or Rob? It, it apparently Rob. does. I'm, because I'm okay with it. All roads and all silos lead back See, to Mark Murphy, yeah, the owner and CEO of the Green Bay Packers. You know, think about it. Is there some other free agents out there that could help them defensively? I was just looking at the list of Marcus Lawrence. And I don't know if anyone's going to be available. Right. Uh, Trey Flowers, who played for Brett Pilo at Arkansas, is now with New England. But I don't know if they're Frank Clark at Seattle. It just doesn't seem like the path they're going on where they bring in this offensive guy. Ford, and now stay all sudden, sides. And then all of a sudden they're going to draft guys for defense. And, and it's just oh, by the way, while we're all enamored with these skill positions of receiver, running back, and even to some extent a tight end, they need some offensive linemen. They need some offensive linemen for depth. They, they need some draft. offensive linemen for start. I and to s- protect those your asset in the quarterback and get you a chance to throw the ball to those guys. So, I don't know. Yeah, are there great free agents? Is this a deep draft? I mean, you lost a a lineman you expected to give you depth, uh, and there's certainly a a story there we're talking about someday about why uh, he's your fifth-round draft pick from last year. Plus, you've lost a veteran offensive line coach, and you're going with a relatively inexperienced offensive line coach. Do you need to bring in a veteran to maybe help him out a little bit? I just want to see more of a commitment to running the ball, even if we don't well, get another get running that. back. I think we're going to get that with this guy based I'm, on his mentoring. Yeah. Rob just went over it. Yeah, but, but I the, mean. The coaches that he's coached I mean, under. Chum McVay inherited Todd Gurley. So let's not say, like, if he didn't have yeah, Todd he Gurley, he would be. Where, where, wherever he's been, hasn't he developed a philosophy? Well, I don't know if he really ran the ball a lot Todd when he was Gurley, in Washington. But he's watched they? others and he's seen what's been successful. And certainly running the ball, but again, whenever we talk about these running backs, they have to be multidimensional. And that's what the new age, whether it's McVay, whether it's these offensive, whether it's Bill Belichick and what they do in New England, they throw the ball to James White a lot. And they do run it as well. So you, you've got to be multidimensional. That running back is a valuable asset. Well, that's what it has to be part of the offense. I'm not saying it's not, but I, I mean, I'm okay with Aaron Jones. That's why I think this offseason is going to be so very important. It's going to be fun and entertaining as well for the Packers because we just don't know anything about LaFleur. Now we. Barely no Goody, do we? We don't know Goody. I mean, he what, seems what? like he's more open to signing but free want, agents. Right, right, but we don't know for, we don't know for sure. sure. Is he or is Mark Murphy? Well, who tells Goody who decided what to do? Okay? I mean, but we're going to find out more about LeFleur just by who drafts, right? And who the Packers draft with the consultation, with collaboration with, with Goody, because they're on the same plane. Both report to Mark Murphy. And we might start to get a hint about the draft as to what they do when free agency starts, as to which position groups they think are easier to address in the draft versus free agency. Mike Keller joins us next on Lucas in the Morning. This little chica on fire, he no lie. Well, y'all slipping, he's running the game. Now, big bang boogie, get that kitty little nookie in a nice, nice little shave. I gave Susie a little pat up on the booty, and she turned around and said, walk this way. This is uh, above the neck and shoulders, and that is so hard to figure. That, that's so hard to get figured out and work out and get through it. Uh, we've seen it in, in baseball with uh, Rick Ankeel. We've seen it with Steve Sachs, uh, second baseman. Um, that's a psychological deal, and, and nobody is – very few people, only people who aren't aware are questioning whether Ethan Happ has worked on it. It's just, uh, it's not there for him. Uh, right now, I mean, psychologically, I'm sure it's beating him up terribly. It's funny, Mike. I was just looking at uh, a Twitter here, and one of our listeners, Marty Griffin, had tweeted at us an idea that I know you will know well from being a golfer, that uh, sometimes during golf there are golfers who will hum 
to themselves during their golf swing to kind of get that rhythmic timing and feeling smooth back, smooth through. So if you're the shot doctor around here when it comes to pickup basketball, what is your suggestion to him, knowing that, you, as you said, much of it is above the neck and shoulders? Yeah, I shoot, I, I have no idea. I mean, the golfers, when it comes to putting, they've gone to um, closing their eyes. You know, they, they, they look at the hole instead of the, the ball when they begin the stroke. Um, yeah, you can you have a certain tune that you hum. I mean, Nick Faldo said in his swing, he would just say from rhythmic timing, he would just say Johnny Miller when he would make his swing. And that's, that's the swing thought um, that would go through his head. Yeah, golf can relate to this, but shoot, I mean, don't you think, Luke, you know this better than anybody, don't you think Ethan's tried everything? Oh, yeah, he probably tries too much, tries too hard, yeah. shoots too many. I mean, there's such an ebb and flow to this. This whole thing, especially in basketball, uh, Michigan State against Indiana was eight of twenty-two from the free throw line. Nick Ward was one of nine in the very next game. Even though they lost, they were eighteen of twenty-two. Yeah. So you go figure it out. It, it mm-hmm. can drive a, a coaching staff nuts. They've worked hard with the, the mechanics with Ethan, but he's got to figure it out on on his own because he's out there on his own uh, at that free throw line. And there have been stretches during his career uh, where he's made a lot of free throws. He's made at least a representative number, and now he's in kind of this slump uh, where who knows uh, how he'll get himself out of it, but I'm sure he will. Uh, he, he puts a lot, of, like I said, he puts a lot of work into it. It's just a matter of staying true to some certain principles, uh, but you can't be inconsistent. If you're inconsistent with your mechanics or if you go to the right. free throw line yeah. and shoot it differently <laughs> every time, you have no, you have no chance Correct. of being yep. stabilizing your, your form. And that part is just like golf. I mean, the, the, one of the things that the really good golfers talk about is everything is done the same way. It's, it's routine, it's repetitive, and you're trying to keep the same swing thoughts in your mind. But the routine is, is one thing, and I think we have seen subtle differences in how Ethan has tried to approach it. And he's just looking for a fix. I mean, he's just looking and searching and hunting to find whatever that little trick might be that allows him to to start making free throws. Well, you wonder too that sometimes if he does, he want to play through contact around the rim, knowing he might have to shoot a free throw. I mean, yeah, yeah and, and you know, hard. I mean, just right, and just overall, what they've done, like what they did last night in the final four minutes, what they did at Michigan in the final four minutes. Um, these were some of the struggles they had when they were losing earlier, but they had solved for the six straight games. A couple of them didn't come down to the final four minutes, but. Um, you know, all I listened to Coach Guard talk post game last night. You put yourself in that position into the final four minutes to have a chance to win, and then you've got to either produce it or don't. And the last two games, they haven't. No, and you have to make contested shots if you're a guard, and that's what that's what happened. Uh, the you know, Trice and Davison weren't able to make shots, uh, and Michigan State was able to take advantage of it. And, yeah, Same you have to, you Michigan. have to be able to find those opportunities. That you, you tip your cap to Michigan's defensive guard play. It was what Izzo said to the to the um, on court reporter last night when he went to the locker room that they were playing uh, good. Nick Ward was playing great, but the guards needed to defend, and, and his guards defended in the second half. Yeah. And Wisconsin didn't answer that that defense that Michigan State put up. You got some baseball thoughts right now? Don't yeah, to ready to, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go. <laughs> Send me down. Um, yeah, they get started. We we've spent a lot of time. I'm filling in on the Rich Eisen show this week. We spent a lot of time talking about the players that haven't signed 
and and I think that's that continues to be a big deal. And I thought Verlander actually had it wrong um, yesterday in his tweet. I know he's defending his the the players and the players association, but I think he's got it wrong. There's a paradigm shift that's changed from the analytics on the field to the analytics in the front office. And Luke, I think we're done with ten year contracts. Well, I can understand that. I I, I have a problem though when a guy like Mustakas can't get a fair yep. deal, and that was before he even signed with Milwaukee. Yeah. Right, a year ago he was in the same boat. Right, right. now he signed late it, with Kansas City. Do you Kansas think that's City. fair? No, I don't think that part is fair. And I don't know why that part is. But I, I thought that Verlander was barking up the wrong tree, talking about 10-year deals um, that should have been should be in place for Harper well, and Machado. Harper had a 10-year deal. All he had to do was sign it with Washington. He did, and he turned it down. Yeah, right. So help me with the disconnect here, Mike, about the Brewers as they report this week with pitchers and catchers reporting. Everything locally is about optimism for going into this year, building off what happened last year, coming oh so close to the World Series. But when you look at such places as Fangraphs and Rotochamp and their projections for this year, it's 81 wins, 79 wins. The Brewers finishing in third or maybe even fourth place in the division. What are we not seeing that they're seeing, or what are they missing? Well, the analytics still don't buy into the Brewers pitching. So even when they plug in the numbers, those numbers don't add up from a pitching standpoint, from a starting pitching standpoint. It certainly can't be the lineup. You add a, a, a much better bat behind the plate in Yasmani Grandal. So you fill out your lineup offensively uh, that should be equal to, if not uh, better than a year ago. But I, I still don't think the analytics or those who are just doing it subjectively buy into the Brewers starting pitching. That's the issue. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Spring. All right, see you, boys. Thanks, Mike. Mike Keller joins us to talk baseball. Mikey Baseball. We will be talking baseball here shortly, won't we? I can't wait. I think we're going to have Tom Hodgecourt back again this year on Friday. That's awesome. Wouldn't that be terrific? Awesome. That'd be nice. And you know what, you know what that would mean? As soon as Hodgecourt's back with us, it means we're right about in spring or past spring. It means it's warm out and there's no snow on the ground. And oh, plus, sure. I see it's sunny outside the window. It looks nice. And plus, we get more of this. All rise. All rise. Here comes the judge. Oh, I can't I wait. You. Neither can you. <laughs> I just hate you. Last call next. Lucas in the morning. Find it in your heart. Stick around. Their team, you know, outplayed us for 30 minutes. I mean, not just outplayed, they, they outcompeted us. So, you know, they, I commend them. They uh, probably were more deserving of winning, but in the last 10 minutes, we were spectacular. What were some of the things that Coach K was talking to you about in the huddles to keep you believing? He said he don't coach losers. He want to coach winners. He said go out there, play hard. He can coach us to a win. Indeed. Coach K, don't pay our mean recruit losers. Whoa, whoa. Uh, that was Zion Williamson after Duke rallied from a 23-point second half deficit to beat Louisville. Welcome back to Lucas in the Morning. Last call. Um, previewing tomorrow's show, we're going to have Tom Silverstein. At 7.15, he'll talk about Antonio Brown, if you want. <laughs> oh, I can't ben, wait for uh, Le'Veon Bell. Jeff Patrikas will be here, break down what he saw last night at the Cole Center. Uh, if you have some thoughts about Badger basketball, all you have to do is give us a call on our Yap line. My question earlier was, do you have faith that Wisconsin can get to the second weekend of the NC2A tournament? Yes or no, and why? All right? Do you have faith that Badger can get the second round of the NC2A tournament? All you have to do is call our YAP line at 608-313-4083, 608-313-4083. Maybe we'll play your opinion. We have a couple of people in our holding tank. They're right out back. 
Yeah. Uh, they're with the water cooler guy. They're we'll hanging get, out mm-hmm. with him. We'll get James and Russ. We'll get yeah, to. We'll probably hear from them tomorrow, right? You two football holics are going to be happy because not only are they expanding the draft coverage and they'll be on ABC oh, this year, God. they're now going like to broadcast that. at least two hours of the scouting combine well, that's on ABC. So the Underwear Olympics second. is getting its due. Well, you have a problem with that, Ben? You're a well, it doesn't fan. need to be on broadcast TV. Go find it on the NFL Network. We don't need to put that on broadcast TV. So now you've got something to watch in February in case you were feeling you needed something. Oh, we got Alliance of American Football. Oh, yeah. AAF. By the way, on that Saturday, when there were three great college basketball games in a row to watch, I, ra- I didn't need did the Did you football. see the ratings, though? They were good. Yeah, they opened and then they were down the next day, and they'll probably they be down the next They almost match college basketball. Same happened for the XFL and its opening. They the NBA. the NBA. Let's, let's see if we get a better na- That doesn't flow off the tongue. Alliance of American Football. I need to get a better name and another acronym. Thanks for listening to Lucas in the Morning. The Dan Patrick Show is coming up next. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.